Today, Stephen's going to look at savings for an emergency fund. It sounds like a sensible thing to do. We'll also take a look at various companies around the stock market, find out what's happening with them, our weekly market update with Henry Jennings commenting on all of that. And we'll take a look at the overall view of the scene, the finance scene to a new RFM Thursday finance. And it's time we had a look at the general situation finance wise around the place Uh, I did hear that the stock market might be making a little bit of a rise, but it seems not to have fulfilled that promise, Stephen Pritchard. Oh, it's up and down, really. Mm. As it often is. Particularly now in the reporting season, some some companies are coming out with uh, uh, exceptionally good results, like CSL and perhaps CBA, and others are coming out with a bit of a disappointment, such as computer share. So we'll talk about that later when Henry's here. Um, But, you know, um, we'll have a look at the currencies and commodities. And, uh, Let's do that. We'll do that. And so the gold price was up uh, $29.40 on the week to 2331 And the crude oil price was up $0.99 cents a barrel to $83.65. Yes. And the currencies? Um, currencies, yes. Currency. How are we going if we're travelling apart yeah, from coronavirus, yeah. which seems to be having a bit of an effect, or it will do. Well, I don't think you can travel to China anymore, can That you? seems, and you can't send goods there either. Uh, so I'm told. So we're told, So yeah. I'm told, yes. How do you know that? Well, I keep my ears open. Ah, so, yeah. so one of our acquaintances were going to send over some aquarium to some friends in Hong Kong, and they couldn't, they weren't allowed to post it because apparently it's a dangerous good. Well, it could could explode, couldn't it? It could be, have it's, an it's explosive got effect. Oh, yeah. I presume it's got alcohol. Yeah, so anyhow... Yeah, that's um, a bit of a pity. Though. Yeah, so anyhow, the the, uh, the the US dollar was uh, 67.37 cents, which is pretty similar to last week. Uh, the Great British Pound was 52 um, pence, which is up marginally on last week. And the euro was 61.97 euro cents, which, which is up. What about one percent of last week? So no big changes there. Mm-hmm. Um, the the equity markets around the world. Uh, the All Ordinaries Index was up one point two percent on the week to two thousand. Uh, sorry, seven thousand two hundred forty. Everyone remember how to take it two thousand yes. seven thousand two hundred forty. Uh, the S and P five hundred was up one percent on the week to three thousand three hundred seventy nine, and the UK FTSE was up. Uh, 29.6 to 7,534. Okay. Um, some stocks that local investors yes, like. Yes, um, BHP was yeah. down 58 cents in the week to $38.96. Um, CBA was up $4.07 with um, $88.30, probably better than expected profit results that came out yesterday. Uh, NIB was uh, steady at $5.45 and Telstra was up $0.07 cents at $3.90. Uh-huh. And there the, you go. They're getting up there. The they? fuel prices. Yes, fuel um, prices. Newcastle, $1.46.6. The uh, unleaded price, Sydney, $1.34.3. Um, you know, Newcastle was down $0.07.3 cents on last week, but mm. Sydney's the same. And the diesel price, $1.50.3, and Sydney, $1.45.9. Okay, so not right up there anyway. Not right up there, so you can fill your car up, Jay. Thursday, finance, and Stephen Pritchard. It's that time where we are joined by Henry Jennings from Marcus Today, Senior Market Commentator. Henry is very busy at the moment with all these interim reports coming out. It's, uh, yeah, hi Stephen, hi Jane. Hi, hi. Um, it's, um, it's Super Thursday. 
yes. today. So, um, What's that mean? Uh, well, Thursday seems to be the day that all these, the big companies uh, um, report. February, of course, is the big month yes. for reporting season. Um, but Thursday seem to congregate uh, a lot of the biggies mm-hmm. um, coming out. Not that Tuesdays, Monday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Fridays aren't, aren't big, but Thursday is, is, the, is the big one. So each Thursday in, in February is Super Thursday. I think next week... Um, on the um, the twentieth and the twenty seventh is uh, going to be really big. Yes, super super Thursdays then. Uh-huh. So so Blackmores wasn't so super though. Their profit fell forty eight percent. They've scrapped their half year dividend. Yep, not much fun. I think they need a shot of um, a shot of something themselves. Um, yeah, th- this one uh, came out yesterday, and they're, they're of course blaming uh, COVID nineteen as it's now been called. It's had a, a rebranding. Um, hasn't really helped, but um, yeah, certainly from Blackmore's point of view, they've had some uh, serious problems with the supply chain up in China. I have to say, I, I think their problems go um, further than that, and they, they bought this uh, production facility down in Victoria at Braceside, mm-hmm. which seems to have caused, they were trying to, um, I guess, take control of their own destiny rather than relying on third-party uh, manufacturers to, to, to make their pills. Um, they thought they'd do it themselves. Not worked out too well, um, and although they're blaming China, um, I think there are bigger issues that they need to address. The new CEO has had uh, already a pretty horrible time. So, um, yeah, no dividend. Um, stock uh, down heavily, uh, got absolutely smacked. Um, you know, it was uh, up around eighty-nine dollars. Now it's around seventy-seven, ninety dollars. So, not great. Not huge volumes. Uh, always in Blackmores, but yeah, not not a great story at the moment. Times are changing. And Cochlear shares fell following the profit downgrade due to uh, uh, yeah, and another one, I guess, another one. Uh, the the effects of this uh, this pandemic. Um, I, I was actually explaining this morning. I was listening to ABC on the radio. I'm, I should have been listening to you guys, of yes. course. But uh, I was listening to ABC, and it was explained what a difference between an epidemic and a pandemic is, which pandemics apparently are occurring in lots of countries, not just one place. Um, so, yes, Cochlear having some issues. Uh, down um, since they uh, updated the market on their results and um, continued to push down. And it, it just highlights the risk in some of these high PE stocks. If you, if you do disappoint, um, you can get absolutely smashed. Uh, and uh, it takes a little while to recover the trust of the market. So Cochlear having some issues up in China, that's for sure. And the other high PE stock didn't disappoint, CSL? That, well, no. Um, it's almost un- un-Australian not to like CSL. Um, CSL, uh, or not to own them as well. CSL has been an absolute stunning performer. Um, and the, the big thing that they have in their favour is they continue to spend a lot of money on R&D, but they also spend a lot of money in opening new collection centres. And this is the key to the business, is um, without the blood and the plasma, it's very hard to be in the business of being a blood plasma company. So these guys are opening, I think, another 40 centres, and these are mainly in the US where they, they pay people um, for a pint of blood. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the risks that CSL has is the US economy goes so well that um, the, uh, the US uh, population stops um, selling their blood, um, and uh, this affects supply. So there's already a bit of a global shortage. CSL um, is knocking on the door of our most valuable company. Um, it did produce some 
good numbers. It did um, once again. It um, it just delivers. It just delivers time and time again. There's only three companies in the world that really dominate the, the blood plasma market and its byproducts and all the uh, all the, the vaccines etc. They build on the back of it. Um, and CSL is the dominant one, and it continues to look pretty good. I have to say. Yes, and then uh, CBA came out with a surprisingly good result. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? In, in a year of, uh, well, I mean, it's a year since the Royal Commission uh, finalised its um, its findings, um, and CBA are, you know, they, they just continue to push higher and higher and higher. I think they were named as the world's most expensive bank. Um, their all-time high was around uh, 95.90, um, and here we are at, um, what are we now, 88. Mm-hmm. So considering the ringer that these banks have gone through, it was a pretty good set of numbers. Dividend maintained at 2 bucks, fully franked. Um, their net interest margin increased. Um, they've got capital coming out of their, um, their um, noses, and as a result, there's some capital management issues that they may be able to do in terms of paying... Um, specials or buybacks to shareholders so that was good and NABs have had their first quarter result out today as well so again another good result so the banking sector um, despite all the problems all the negativity and all the hate has actually been a pretty good performing sector recently. It's Thursday Finance, Stephen Pritchard in the middle of our market update with Henry Jennings. So poor OMP has lost (laughs) another two and a half billion. (laughs) Yeah, what's two and a half billion between friends? Um, yeah, no, um, not good. Not good. I have to say though, it's not like it was a surprise. Um, we did realise that you know things were going to be, and in the euphemistic words, challenging, um, and it was going to be a challenge. Um, two and a half billion dollar loss, no dividend. Um, that's gone, and uh, the stock's down uh, nearly three percent, back down to a dollar seventy-seven. It doesn't seem as if things are turning around that quickly. Uh, The company would tell you that they have a plan, they're sticking to it, and they're making progress. The only good thing about the numbers was the AMP capital business, which is uh, the funds management and uh, and that side of things, which was going pretty well. Um, But the rest of it is uh, is kind of suffering, and it's you know I I think um, it's a bit like being in a maze, and you just struggling to find the way out i think there is no way out it could be it could be that the only way out is to take a serious chainsaw to the to the, <laughs> the hedges that surround you and try and uh try and uh, you know aggressively batter your way out but at the moment it does seem as if they're kind of lost in the wilderness of the maze one of the one of the other fund managers that i, I kind of know did some analysis on amp and they they said that to, to bring the staffing levels back to industry standards, they need to get between rid of between thirty and fifty percent of the staff, and that's what the problem is down there. Um, yeah, I, I think it's got uh, a number of problems, and you know, I, I think if you look at the Sydney skyline, um, the AMP building is, is, is probably one of the oldest skyscrapers around. Um, it looks old, it looks daggy. And then I think, and then it does look as if it needs a serious revamp. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably heritage, but um, I think that's just a sort of a, a bit of a, um, a metaphor for the company um, as such. I know that I, I did a function once up in um, the AMP building, and they have a uh, director's cocktail lounge on the yes. top floor that overlooks the whole of Sydney Harbour. 
which is which is a very nice way to spend an evening. Would um, they? Mm, with 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 uh, with uh, table you know table service and, and waiters with uh, starched white etc. It's uh, interesting. No money changes hands, I assume. No, no. Well, certainly not that night. That's for sure. Uh, so, <laughs> so anyhow, back to the real world. Yes. Amcor's profit was up. Uh, $252 and they're claiming that their their factories in China are slowing down because of uh, problems and... I think everyone is. Yeah, um, yeah no, Amcor, Amcor has, has bet the... Um, has uh, made the big bet. Um, it has done a bit like um, Borrell has done. It made the big bet with a large merger with uh, Bemis, which is a US company. Um, they say that it's paying off. Um, they say that the synergies are starting to come through and they're actually getting more synergies from this merger than they thought. The market is suggesting otherwise and wasn't that impressed with the results. So um, I, I don't think there's any rush to be buying into into that um, that situation. And I guess you know this is the problem with these companies go overseas, they buy or merge, um, and they do something big that's company transformational and uh, that can... Uh, go well, or it can go badly. In the case of Borrell, it's gone pretty badly. Uh, in the case of Amcor, I think the jury's still out on that one. Mm-hmm. And computer shares profit fell by half? Uh, yeah, they sold uh, their Indian uh, business, so that kind of uh, skewed things. So a bit of a messy result, but I think um, the, the stock's had a pretty good run. Everyone knows that uh, the financial services game is changing. Uh, computer shares have been one of the beneficiaries of that change, but I I suspect that uh, we've seen uh, the good times. They're talking about a second-half story, uh, which I'm always a bit suspicious mm. of when you start hearing those words from CEOs saying uh, it's all about the second half. Mm. Um, that, to me, kind of is like, uh, well, we're keeping our fingers crossed that things are going to get better and we're just going to yep. feed you some, uh, some, some, um, some lies in the meantime. Yeah, and IAG, surprise, surprise, uh, profit fell, which is no surprise with all these insurance claims. <laughs> must be. And they said, and they say climate change will force up premiums, but premiums always go up when there's a disaster. <laughs> Who would be an insurance company? Who would own shares uh, in an insurance that's what company? I, that's what it's I crazy. They are, they are just like bookies at the end of the day. They they mm. take your money, they hold it in a big case, they try and uh, keep it for as long as possible, and then when your horse comes in, they reluctantly have to pay it out. And, of course... At the moment, there's a lot of horses coming in with bushfires, um, smoke, uh, floods. floods, yeah, we've had the hail. Um, we're supposed to get another cyclonic um, whacking from, uh, from, uh, from that cyclone that hit up in uh, Queensland this weekend in Sydney. So you guys will get us up in Newcastle. So that's going to be um, that's going to be fun and game. So, you know, I, I guess these people are trying to use smart technology uh, to some extent. I got a text this morning from Woolies saying um, there's a storm in your area. Stay safe, thanks guys. Um, but um, yeah, no, it, it's it's tough at the moment being a general insurer. The Suncorps, uh, the IAGs of this world, um, they do have reinsurance in place. So they don't. If, if there was a massive hit, a ten billion uh, hit, then they would be reinsured for that. But it's kind of the bit in the middle which mm. hurts. Mm. Um, you know, the, the small claims, the, the small little catastrophes aren't at the end of the world. Um, the big ones aren't the end of the world to have reinsurance, but it only c- kicks in over a certain level. Yeah. What you don't want is a multiple of mid-level kind mm. of catastrophes that just pile upon. You know, trouble comes in battalions as. Uh, as William Shakespeare once said. 
Yes, and then just to finish up, um, TPG stuck was on a trading halt, but I heard some announcement half hour. Yeah, no, they, they've got the clearance. It's all yeah, done and dusted. Yeah, well, I think I think there's an appeal process if someone wants to appeal it. But uh, TPG uh, are up twelve and a half percent on the back of that news that they will be merging with uh, Hutchinson Vodafone. Uh, Vodafone's up fourteen percent. Not that it really trades very much here. Um, HTA is the code. It's Hutchinson here. Um, so, yes, good news for these guys. They're getting together. They're going to be um, a, a significant competitor to Telstra in the mobile space, uh, which I suspect um, does worry Telstra considerably, seeing as the stock went from being slightly up to down 2%. So um, now it means that uh, there is a much better competitor in, uh, in mobile, which has been the place where Telstra has done pretty well. So um, and when you look at the Telstra numbers today... They have got some issues still. Um, NBN hurting and Foxtel mm-hmm. numbers declining and et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's not, not a happy shit. Even to the point where the results sort of leaked out early last night and the CEO wasn't sure whether they'd been leaked to the press, where they got to. Um, so it was kind of a dog at my homework moment almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, interesting. But, yeah, no, Telstra are uh, going to be under some pressure with this new merger. Okay, well, we'll have lots of things to talk about next week, I'm oh, sure. Oh, well, it's another Super Thursday Another next Super week, Thursday. Super, Super Thursday might be next week. It'll be Super, Super Duper Thursday. Yes. Okay. <laughs> talk to you then, Henry. Talk to you. <laughs> Henry Jennings, Senior Market Commentator at Marcus Today in our Market Update to a new RFM, Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard. An emergency fund, savings for an emergency fund. Can you start off by letting us know what an emergency fund is? Well, I thought I thought with all these um, um, disasters we're having lately, we might talk about putting money aside for a bit of an emergency. So we've had the so what have we own, had? We've had our the, own emergency. Our own fund? emergency. Right. Your own emergency, or you can give me yours if you like. Oh, uh, um, so, so we've had the fires and the floods and the rain and the. Hail and Henry mentioned. Yes, and all what we're having next, cyclonic things. winds or something. Yeah. Anyhow, so so I thought I'd talk about um, um, putting some money aside for emergencies fund. So so you've got some money to cover you these things. So things that things that are come up unexpectedly, by, yeah. um, like some car repairs, ah, um, unexpected yes. travel, um, urgent medical bills. Um, all these type of things pop up from time to time, and you need to to um, put some money aside for those. I think so that you can cope when they do pop so up. So that you can cope, um, even losing your job. Mm-hmm. Losing yep. your job. So um, so it'd be nice to have some money aside in case you lose your job. So um, so so and if you lose your job, the the expenses carry on, don't they? That's right. So if you lose your job, you've still got to pay for your rent or your mortgage payments, your mm-hmm. food, mm-hmm. Your utility bills, uh, children's expenses, uh, transport, and entertainment. I suppose you can cut back on the entertainment, but there's not much else you can cut back on. Um, so um, so so basically, what you need to do is is to um, open a separate uh, bank account, probably one of those uh, or financial institution account, I suppose we call it now. Um, probably one of those high interest saver ones and and put some money into there and i think it's best if you put um some money in there um each each week or every time you get paid and it doesn't have to be a lot of money you can just build up over time you know 10 mm. or 15 dollars a week say so this is going to be separate from the christmas fund separate isn't it? from the christmas fund <laughs> yes we've got christmas can christmas at least is predictable christmas at least is predictable but this thing is um not predictable this is to cover unpredictable things mm-hmm.
Okay, so find as much um, interest yeah. you can get on it. Yeah, just a, probably, you know, either a, 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 one of those high-interest savings accounts or maybe an offset account if you've got a, a mortgage at the bank. Mm-hmm. So you can so you can offset your mortgage uh, interest as well on that. But you need to have the money that's reasonably accessible. So, you know, these things come up. And then, of course, how much do you need to, to, to put aside is another thing that you need to think about. Yes, that's um, how do you work it out? Well, you know, generally, generally, um, it's the amount of money you'd feel comfortable. With. I mean, this is all about giving you a bit of sense of security. Um, I saw, saw in the financial review yesterday someone would need one hundred and fifty thousand to have some sense of security, which is a bit more money than we're talking about here. But but probably around three months of expenses, I think, would be a reasonable amount. Um, and bear in mind, and we'll talk about. Insurance in a minute. A lot of those, um, you say, you know, I've got uh, six and sickness and accident insurance or income protection insurance through my my superannuation fund, um, or, or some external policy. Uh, most of those have waiting periods, and what you've probably done, if you like most people, um, to keep the premiums down, you've increased the waiting period. So the longer the waiting period, um, the lower the premiums are. So even if you've got um, a sixty-day waiting period, it's not uncommon. Um, you're sick for some reason, you've still got to fund your, your living expenses for that um, 60 days. And 60 be- days is two it's months. Two, two months, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. not unusual to have a 90-day waiting period or even a 120-day waiting period on, on, on because, the, the, the you know, there's some st- st- stats about, you know, most people are sick, get back to work in a month. So if you're going to cover a week waiting period, your premiums is considerably higher than a Mm. Yeah, mm. you know, a three-month waiting period, and three months waiting period, you're really sick. So, so um, that that's what I think. You know, three months generally gives people a bit of um, um, comfort and a bit of security. But you need to look at at what your um, what your um, if you've got sickness and accident, what your what your term is there, and a lot of these other insurances that we're talking about that people rely on in case of emergencies, um, health fund, for example, um, you know. People are once again they're they're taking up these excesses to keep the the premiums down. So um, you've got an emergency, and and I, I know a lot of the the um, private hospitals. Um, if you go in the private hospital, um, you have the health insurance. They will want the excess paid up front before they'll admit you. So if you've got uh, a four hundred dollar excess, or I think you can go to eight hundred now. Can you? Yeah, yes. I think it's increased. Um, yeah, you've got a four hundred dollars excess. You've got to have that four hundred dollars up front, so it's and easier need to it ready to go. It's easier yeah. to put a bit of money aside to 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 cover that. Thursday finance, Stephen Pritchard. We're talking about your own emergency fund. Now, if something happens like the roof gives way and things are spoilt inside your house, you do have home contents insurance. Yeah, you have you have home contents, but but once again, most most insurance policies are, are um, have uh, excesses on them, and of course, what people do is to keep the premiums down, they increase the excess and think it never will happen to them because the insurance company is just running a book. I mean, as Henry mentioned before, you know, they're running a book. You know, they know what the likelihood of it is, is happening, and you know. You keep the premiums down, and 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 you know if you have, something happens, you pay a bigger excess. And so so you know you've got to you've got to cover for the excess for your home insurance, which is probably five hundred dollars or something. Um, and I suppose that's also always always presuming you're fully insured. If you're fully insured, yeah. and the co-insurance thing doesn't come into mm-hmm. into 
play. Okay. Mm. Yeah, so that's basically if, um, if you're underinsured, the insurer will only pay out the proportion. So what that means, if, for example, your house is worth a, a million dollars and you've only got it insured for $500,000, the insurer can say that you're co-insuring that 500000 So if, if, if you've got damage of 100000 um, most policies will only require the insurer to pay, say, 50000 which is the amount some of them short. So you need to be careful of that too, mm. particularly if you're going to... Um, and household insurance, you know, it, it appears expensive in the absolute dollar form, but but it's relatively cheap for the money, the money that, um, as we've just paid ours, for the amount that they're insuring. I mean, yes. you, you know, you're insuring a million dollars or so of assets and, you know, a million dollars of the house isn't that... You know, streets, the suburbs that you thought would never get to a million dollars or a million dollars now. Um, you know, you're probably paying three thousand or so a year. So, you know, so um, don't always rely on the insurance. Don't, well, you can rely on the insurance, covered. but make sure you've got the right cover, and you have to factor in the excess. And of course, another thing is um, your motor vehicle insurance. Um, the excess on that might be um, might be. Um, you know, four hundred dollars or something, but then you know you just let your son or your daughter drive the car down to the shop to get some milk and they're under 21 and something happens and then all of a sudden the excess jumps to three thousand dollars yeah so so you need to you need to think uh, about covering your excess um, insurance and the other thing is that people always forget out particularly in these days of electronic transactions it's always good to have a bit of cash is always good to have. So we've got some... Uh, cashless society, well, aren't we? It's not we? cashless society, yeah. All, you've got some friends live down on the Central Coast. All right? um, at the moment, they've had no electricity since um, yeah, some stage of the time. weekend. <laughs> They're talking about next weekend. If you if you want to go down to the to the shop and, 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 and get a loaf of bread or something... Um, Mm. FBOS doesn't work when there's no cash. Yes, uh, when no there's no power. there's no electricity. So it's always good to have a bit of cash, and mm. and don't always rely on technology. I, you know, I've been into Woolworths, and um, we've got this card on your phone, and you tap them, and it doesn't always work. Okay, um, <laughs> um, so, I'm sure it will one day. <laughs> uh, yeah, it works most of the time, but but I've been there, and people have got nothing else, and. Yes, I've always, it's happened to me, but I've always had the old plastic card, and that works. Just the one on the phone didn't work. So, mm. so it's always handy to have a bit of cash around, um, you know, for emergencies. Even if you've just got enough to get, you know, uh, some milk and some bread or some something, something like that. If there's a bit of an emergency come along, so in summary, you need to look at keeping an emergency fund for unexpected expenses. Um, you don't have to have a lot of money to start with; just build it up over time. Um, probably target for three months um, expenses. And I know that's a lot of money, but, you know, most people don't miss um, $10 a week or so. Um, and that gives you $520 at the end of the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and look at investing in your, uh, either a high-interest uh, savings account and a separate account so you don't touch it, make sure it is an emergency fund, or maybe a separate mortgage offset account so you get the advantage of reducing your mortgage payments as well. Um, keep a bit of cash on hand, and and probably while we're talking about it, have a look at the excesses of your uh, of your um, insurance policies to make sure that you actually can can afford to to pay those without too much problems. You know, you, you've got your health insurance, you've got your home contents, you've got your motor vehicle, and have a look at your waiting periods on your um, sickness and accident or income protection insurance, and make sure that 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 
you have got some way to cover that waiting period, particularly if you've got a 60 or a 90 day waiting period. Um, you've still got all these expenses in the meantime. Guard yourself. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. Thanks, Jane. And we'll have Thursday Finance back next Thursday after the midday news. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.